the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Well, good morning, everybody. Oh, boy, my mic. Headphones are on kind of loud, aren't they? So am I. And uh, I'll pull that back down, and how about there? That's a whole lot better, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I should have done this before, but um, Gil wasn't at his station like he should have been, and it's all his fault. Oh, if it's okay that I can blame him. It's it's okay. It's okay. Gil's a big boy. 602-508-0960. If you have a car question or a car problem, my name is Mark Salem, and sitting next to me is Alan, my son, and Andy, my daughter, and between the three of us, we have 2040. 627 years. 627 years of experience um, in car repair stuff. (laughs) I think it's actually how many of you? 25. 25? 20. 20, so 45, and then my 100. So, um. (laughs) (laughs) typical. (laughs) Typical. You're probably, you would be my age because you started in 79, so it'd be 40. 40, Yeah, but, but I started in a gas station in 1968. Ken's oh, okay. Broadway show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I worked yeah. at the okay, Broadway so show. Okay, so just add 10 to, yeah. yeah. to Alan's age. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, 602-508-0960. And, you know, we got a caller already, and Hector's called in at the beginning of the show, so we're going to honor him and take his question right out of the chute. Good morning, Hector. How can we help you? Yes, sir. How are you doing? By the way, I love your show. It's saved me so much money throughout the years. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very much for that. Now, I called in last week um, on Saturday on a 2003 Toyota Corolla with a fuel. I changed the fuel filter and the uh, fuel stock out of the fuel module. I took it apart from the back of the tank in the back seat. Um, I did what you did. I, I, test, I did what you told me. I tested it, uh, the fuel pressure, and it, it, when I turned it on, it ran just fine. The pressure was between 44 and 50. But right when I turned it off, it, it just dropped like a rock. Um, it went down, and when I tried to even depressurize, they pressed that little button on the gauge. Nothing came out. Also, but I did it like three, four times. One, right when I turned it off, it just dropped like a rock, close to like zero. Oh, drain back valve. Yeah, it's the, it's the, but it's not holding it in the line. Okay, but but let me ask you this: When you go to start it, let's say you park it at the night, and the next morning you start it, does it start? bingo bingo fast fast or do you have to crank it a little while before it'll start i have to crank it a little while before i start but if i turn it back off and i try to start it again it'll start pretty quickly um but if i leave it off for a while it it's a start it okay. takes a while but it's a hard start okay see what happens is is is, is there's going to be a control on the pressure side of the fuel system and when you throttle up then what we do is we deadhead the rail. We deadhead the fuel delivery to all the all the injectors because we want full throttle, at, you know, fuel delivery. So when you're shutting it off, it's you're losing all. The, you already know you're losing all your fuel pressure, 
And the reason I ask you is how does it start? Because you have to reprime it to get it to start and run again. So you say you cycle the key on and then you turn it off and you turn it back on and it'll start. It's because the first cycle pressurized the, the fuel system. So the question then becomes is, is in a, and there's going to be, you called it a drain back valve, but it's kind of a generic thing. Yeah, that, that's not fuel the pressure regulator. And the fuel pressure regulator isn't supposed to dump the fuel um, when you shut the key off. We're supposed to maintain fuel pressure for you so you don't have to crank the heck out of it on a cold start or if it sits there for a week. So when you, the, what did you find in the fuel tank? Did you find just the fuel pump? The fuel pump, um, the pressure regulator. I'm not, not the yeah the, the pressure regulator and um, the sock and the filter. Okay. Took it apart. You replaced all of that? No, I did not. I only changed the uh, the uh, the filter and the sock. I didn't change the little pressure regulator or the or the pump itself. Okay, the pressure the fuel pressure regulator would be my my first my first uh, concern. Now I'd have to look at this because this this car is as old as is some of my kids, this old three Corolla. Uh, um, usually the fuel pressure regulator is underneath the hood, and usually it has a vacuum line to it. And usually on wide open throttle, when you lose vacuum, we deadhead the pump and say, give it, give give the injectors all the fuel that, that you can handle. So the real question is, is do we really have a check valve? If, we have a, if it's called a check valve, then it's in the tank. And if that's the case, then that's. It's, yeah, have it's, you seen this before? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We replace whole all all the time for this exact reason. There is a yeah. It, it drains back. There's a I can't think of the name of it right now, but it's yeah. It's it's, it's almost like a rollover valve, but it's okay. a it's just a it's a one way valve that keeps it from going back into the tank okay. to keep it pressurized. And uh, yeah, are you talking about Toyotas uh, specifically or no, Chevy Ford and Dodges? Yeah, in general. Okay. Yeah, in general. and it comes as a complete assembly. Yeah, with the... yeah, it comes as an assembly. You don't just replace that part. Okay. All right. So you might have to go back in the tank again. And uh, I, I think what I would do is 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 if there's a truly a check valve, and Alan's calling it a rollover valve, but we're talking about it could be the same thing, a check valve, a rollover valve, because we want to dump the pressure when the vehicle rolls over on its top because the last thing we want it to do is to sit there and pump gasoline all over the people inside the car. So we got all, all these moving parts. And to be honest with you, I don't know that I've... Um, I mean, this question is really something that I've not experienced in 10 years is is the key off and all of a sudden we dump pressure. There might be a little bit of diagnostics that needs to be done. Let me ask you a question. All the lines inside the tank, any of them rubber or were they all steel? Um, steel. They, okay. They're all in good shape, yeah. Okay. And and this, this, this pressure regulator or whatever that you saw in the tank, it was just in the inlet line, the suction part of the pump? Was it that's where it was at, or after the pump? It was. Um, it was. You know what? It's a piece that goes onto the module, like it's close to the pump. I guess um, I couldn't tell you if it was before or after. It's just right beside it. Okay. Mm. You know, I I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll tell you. What part of town do you live in? In Santan Valley. Hmm. Okay, I don't have anybody out there at all. Um, I think with a little bit of research, and and another thing I'd do is I'd probably call call a couple of import parts stores, or I'd call the Toyota dealership, and I would say to them, I have two things in my car, and you enumerate the name of those two things, which is the rollover valve or the fuel pressure regulator, and which one dumps fuel fastest. And I think the parts guys will probably be able to give you 
a good idea on which one you're at. For me and all of us here, we'd have to look at the fuel. We'd have to look at the schematic, and we'd have to determine what's electrical, what's vacuum, what's pressure, what's dump, all that kind of stuff, which is part of the diagnostic process. This is on a one to ten scale. This is a number three on difficulty. This isn't that big of a deal. It's just that it's you got an O three, and I just I don't have that in my hard drive. So, okay, but, okay. Uh, Do you see that rollover valve? Um, is that in the fuel module? Yeah, it's it's not the rollover valve. It, it's I, I'm, I I just texted Eddie because I can't remember the name of it. But it's, no, it's a check valve in the assembly. Okay. The, the 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 rollover valve is separate. Okay, yeah. but this is a fuel pressure regulator. Then it has to be. There's that's yeah. No, it's not regu- It's not the regulator. Um, it's 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 on the housing. The regulator is under the hood. It's on the housing. It's okay. a check valve. So so when it it, it basically it's a one way valve. Okay. It's a one-way valve. Okay. It's part of the housing assembly. Right. Well, I, and I'll tell you what, I, what I'll, I'll do, Hector. There's going to be people out there that know the answer to this, and they're going to tell me, and I need a way to get to you. So I want you to send an email to mark at marksalem.com and say, I'm Hector, and here's my phone number. Okay, mark at right. marksalem.com. Yeah. And so when somebody sends me an email over the next two hours or in the next day, I'll I'll forward that information to you. Is that Okay. That's fantastic. Thank you so much, okay? okay. All right. Good luck to you. Thank you very much. It's, it's not. It's going to be a bad day because the very first call stumped us. <laughs> well, I think if, if that part comes with a complete assembly, then the only choice he's going to have is to replace the whole fuel pump assembly. That's what the, which, that's what the fix is. As o, in an O3, I mean, that's... Yeah, and you know we it's didn't. It's not going to be a bad choice, regardless. Yeah, and 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 I guess we didn't ask him. It's I'm I'm assuming he bought something from a parts store that was brand new, but he could have bought bought a rebuilt component somewhere from a parts store that had rebuilt, or he could have bought a used one. We don't really know. Yeah. But that's okay. We'll we'll go through it. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. If you have a car question or a car problem, we're good at answering complaints. Uh, well, not complaints, but arguments between husbands and wives and mothers and fathers and and sisters and brothers about who does this better and and stuff. But one of the things I want to I want to warn you about right now that's happening in our industry a lot is is. In the old days, we brought your car in every 3,000 miles for an oil change. And in the old days, we got to clip your hair. That was just one of the terminologies that hung around since the 60s. We got to clip your hair, give you a haircut on something. So every 3,000 miles, we could sell you a tire rotation. And then the next time you came in, we'd sell you an air filter. The next time you come in, we'd do a gas filter, so forth and so on. So today we have synthetic oil. Synthetic oil goes between 10 and 15,000 miles. It's a premium oil. People don't necessarily, shops don't necessarily call it synthetics. They just call it premium oil. The problem with that is, is they're putting a $3,000 call on your sticker. 3,000 miles. 3,000 mile, yeah, return on your sticker when really it should be 10 to 15,000 miles. So we've lost all this business. So all of you out there that drive 15,000 miles a year or less, you're really going to have one oil change a year. And it's okay. The oil can handle it. Your engine will handle it. But the sin is, is we're selling you a premium oil change that's going to be north of $100, and we're going to tell you to come back in 3,000 miles. We're going to deny you the ability to take advantage of that supreme oil, that superior oil, that synthetic oil for the long term. Essentially, it's just a waste of money. Yes. And, and you bring up a great point, because if you want to back up, you put in a conventional oil. What's our conventional oil, five-quart? oil change about yeah, um, 45 to 50 dollars yeah. is conventional and so that's a, a three thousand mile call 
Are yeah. we are we using a five to seven on the semi synthetics? No, that's good. We're not actually doing much of the conventional, but it's mostly the semi synthetics. Okay. So that's going to be your low. Yeah. And, your and what's end. the call? What what's the mileage on that um, typically going to be? Probably forty five hundred, five thousand, something yeah, like that. Exactly. So you almost double. And and most by everybody doesn't come in exactly five. So if they come in at fifty five or six thousand, yeah. it's no big deal. Yeah. Okay. So so we are struggling just even with our own chop with how are we going to communicate this to all of our customers cuz there's a lot of them that are different than the others with we have we have people that do 3000 miles a year and that that's all they do a year and it's not we could put conventional in that no matter what it is conventional oil the cheaper oil mm-hmm. they don't need synthetic if they're driving 3000 miles a year yeah most people a lot of people don't even know what they're using exactly they don't even know you ask them, they want to know a price of the oil change. Well, the first question is, what kind of oil are you using? And they have no idea whether the weight, semi-synthetic, full synthetic, they, they don't have a clue. Okay. So most of the time you kind of, I will say, do you know how much you're paying for an oil change? Because if you can tell me that, I can probably give you a good idea of if you're using semi-synthetic or full synthetic at least. Then let's do that right now real mm-hmm. quick, okay? We got time. So I don't know what what I have. Give me the parameters for conventional oil, which is called Fred Flintstone oil. It's mm-hmm. the oil that we all grew up on. Yeah. Then semi-synthetic is semi-synthetic and then full synthetic. So what's the dollars on conventional, well, semi-synthetic, and synthetic? Conventional, I don't even... I, Honestly, we really can't tell you less than we did. Yeah, but 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 you see them advertising the in the they're they're advertised all the time for twenty nine ninety five to thirty nine ninety five yeah. in oil change. So let's just use that as a conventional. What's yeah. a semi synthetic? So semi synthetic, I would tell somebody between forty and sixty, forty five to sixty five, probably that range actually, okay. um, depending on how many quarts. And then a full synthetic, I would say between 80 to 100. Okay, okay. So that's, and then each one of those comes with a different miles driven in the middle. Yes. Otherwise, miles of service. Yeah, so a lot of times I'll, t- you know, people will say, well, what's the difference? And, I, well, number one is what your manufacturer recommends. You, you need to know that. Okay. And we would find that out for you. And number two, um, you know, semi synthetic has a shorter. Inner um, oil change interval as opposed to a full synthetic. So essentially, you're paying double, but you're getting kind of double the mileage for the full synthetic. Right. So, and it's tough because they're, you're trying to help them make a decision, but you don't really know a whole lot of what to do. Let me ask you this real quick: What do you do on your car? I do a semi-synthetic. Okay, and, and what's your oil change interval? Um, probably fifty-five to six thousand. Yeah. And and so that gives you how many oil changes per year? Uh, probably two. Two. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. And that that's really the mathematics. That's the mathematics of it all. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think too, it's knowing your customer, you know, asking them, how much do you drive? How much, you know, all of that, because if they're not driving a lot, then, and they can use a semi-synthetic, that's what they should be doing. Okay. Well, my truck is a good example is I'm doing 12 to 14,000 miles on a synthetic oil change mm-hmm. and I'm doing two of those a year sometimes. But that's okay with me because I don't want to come in every 3,000 miles for an oil change. Mm-hmm. So 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960, and we'll be right back. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app, your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Our beautiful daughter Ashley was only 12 years old when a distracted driver went through the light and ran into our van. When an email comes over your phone or a phone call or voicemail, it's not worth it. Life is more important than your phone's beep. 
Stop the distracted driving, Arizona, please. Sponsored by the Arizona Chapter National Safety Council and the Governor's Office of Highway Safety. Aired in cooperation with the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick and proud aunt. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing. But not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. One in six. That little girl sitting alone at the playground, she can't play like the other kids. She doesn't have the energy because she's hungry. School lunch will be her only meal today. It breaks my heart that this is the reality in our country. But it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. This food is then provided to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about using your imagination, learning, and having fun. These children shouldn't have to miss out on simply being a kid because they're hungry. To find out how you can help end childhood hunger in your community, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Whoa, a new digital music player. Thanks, Mom. Oh, I'm glad you like it, because I can't wait to toss the big stereo. And now that we got your dad that big HD TV he wanted, we can throw out our old TV, too. Hold up. You can't just throw out electronics. Really? They need to be recycled or donated. And how would we do that? <laughs> It's so easy, Mom. Today, recycling electronics is just as easy as buying them. GreenerGadgets.org has all the info. We just enter our zip code to find a certified recycling center nearby. There are thousands of them, and new ones are being added all the time. Some of our local stores are even certified recycling locations. I like that. Did you know that some of the stuff in our old electronics could be used to make new products and conserve natural resources? Well, okay then. Let's gather them up. Um, what was that website again? GreenerGadgets.org. We just enter our zip code and go. Well, welcome back, everybody. 21 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. Mark Salem sitting here. Andy, my daughter. Alan, my son. We've all been in the car repair business for a very long time. And if you have any car questions about oil changes, about uh, check engine lights, about engine codes, about diesels, uh, Chevy, Ford, Dodge, that you can open up that door and we'll have, we'll have more than enough callers about just that alone. Tires, suspension, lifting and lowering. What other kind of stuff did, that is something that's very popular on your lighting. end of the... What? Lighting. lighting. Yeah, oh. a lot of lighting. Okay. So you're talking about the LEDs. You're talking about lights on the roof, lights, backup lights, lights in the grill, you're all that kind of stuff. You're talking about being able to see your truck <laughs> from Mars. Mars. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So, so what she's talking about right now is she's talking about you put lights on some of these off, these guys' big hot dogs. Upper lights anywhere. Anywhere. I mean, oh, yeah. You, you put lights anywhere. I will put lights wherever you want them because I love lighting. I don't know why I love lighting, but I just love lighting. And I'll put them anywhere. And what brand? I'll tape is there a brand that you specifically? Yeah, rigid. I mean, that's the only ones that we use. But, but um, yeah, just I don't know why. I just like to be able to see what I'm doing. I don't know. Yeah, so great. so you, the vehicles that leave the shop with a lighting package from Allen is basically a big circle of big, huge LED lights, and it looks like some kind of a spacecraft moving down the highway. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> and, and they like that. Oh yeah, we do a lot of lights. How many? Yeah. How many wives like that? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't answer to their wives. I answer to them. 
Okay. I don't even answer to my own wife. (laughs) Their wives probably don't know. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. If you have a car question, we we do work on diesels. We do do lighting. We do lifts. We do tires. We do wheels. We do all that kinds of stuff. We also have a mechanical side that Andy kind of runs, and that's oil changes to engine replacements and everything in between, including check engine lights, which is always a big portion of any repair shop's business is the check engine light come on there's a code the guy at AutoZone says to do this or do that or whatever and uh, and those are the kinds of things from bumper to bumper that we kind of do action auto repairs another shop he's up at i-17 in deer valley he knows what he's doing as well tom's been around since 1983 and i've known him since just before 1983 he has ase master certified technicians he knows the difference between right and wrong and his staff understands that tom has certain parameters that you don't cross and that is don't sell something and hope it's going to fix the car because we're going to end up eating that job when the customer comes back and says hey it's still doing it so make sure you're going to take care of the customer's symptom before you bid the job and tom's a good guy for that he is a uh, he watches his staff closely another guy that's uh on the other side of the world which is thompson's auto repair and towing he's on main street just east of stapley and brian and thelma um came both both of them they're, they're married now and have been for years but both of them came from gas station families from the 60s in mesa so their families had shell stations and union 76 stations and stuff like that so they came from that area at that area of time but if you're in mesa the only shop i can tell you to go to that i know does good work and i know it's going to be around to take care of any warranty issues you have and i know that it has really good technicians is thompson's auto repair and they're located on main street just east of stapley drive either one of you have any really good question any good car stories like uh, somebody comes in their car stinking and and there's a dead skunk in the trunk or anything like that no we had a guy the other day tell us that he bought a part at uh Let's see, it wasn't Checker, it wasn't AutoZone, it was the it was the Irish AutoZone. What's the Irish AutoZone? I don't know. Just move on. <laughs> Who cares what it no. came from? Give, no. That's part of the joke. You just missed the joke. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I'm scared to death you're going to say something. No. I'm going to get in trouble no. for it. No. 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 no, the what? Irish AutoZone. O'Reilly's? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he called it the Irish AutoZone. Customer did. <laughs> About fell out of my chair. <laughs> Okay. okay. What what does that have to do with the question on the table? Said, nothing. It just it was no, funny. Okay. <laughs> Irish autos. He called it the Irish auto. He couldn't remember the names. He called well, it the we Irish all knew. Auto. We all knew exactly what he meant yeah. right when he said it. Oh, so this is a front counter and yeah. a, a deal. Okay. Yeah. So the yeah. whole staff is on the floor laughing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay. And and we do a lot of that, and we're happy to do that kind of stuff. It's really a matter of we're not going to be able to walk you through and fix your car over the telephone, but we can give you some advice on where to go next based keep in mind we're based on what you're telling us about your testing procedures so if you say you have fuel pressure and we tell you to go left and it that doesn't fix it it's because you think you had fuel pressure and you really didn't and we should have told you to go right but we're not in the business of telling you how to fix your car anyway but in in, in the event you can also go to MarkSalem.com and we have faqs that have a whole lot of information about all the repairs that we've done since we've been in business since 1994 or even before that. So we're in our existing facility since 1994, but I've been working on cars since 1968 in Tempe. And that's where I went to high school, as a matter of fact, is Tempe High. And so I've been around a while. And I'm also a master technician, and I've had that that blessing. And I'm not sure if that is a blessing, but (laughs) it it typically is one. So 
when you one of the things that I think bothers most people is is they just they just don't understand some of the lights that are on their dash mm-hmm. and they don't understand ABS or traction control or stability control and stuff like that. I think the easy part for me is is if it's red, stop. If it's yellow, you can continue to drive. That's it. It really kind of boils down. But it's also important. There's a lot of folks just don't understand what can happen when the needle gets into the red. Mm -hmm. And when the needle gets into the red, you're going to get towed in and you're going to get a really big bill. Would you agree? Yeah, I would say. I mean, we hear a lot. You know, it, it, it was running hot and I was only a mile from home, so I just drove it home. And it's like that's the worst thing you can do. I mean, a tow bill at that point, if you're a mile from home, has got to be 50, 60 bucks. Right. It's, you know, between that or an engine running at hot. So So you lift the hood and the motor's a big melted me- molten metal mm-hmm. of, of thing. And you go, I think there's a little bit more than three or four miles on this motor, but the, it, the motor's trash. Yeah. And we see that a couple of times a year. Yeah. We see them a couple of times a year. Or they don't fix, they don't fix coolant leaks. Um and then forget about them and then overheat the engine. When was the last time we had somebody come in with an engine that had sustained damage because it didn't have any oil in it and nobody pulled a dipstick in it in 10,000 miles or anything like that? Because they still have a responsibility to do that. Although some of the newer model cars and a lot of the newer model cars have an oil level issue and stuff like that that will tell them. Oh, oil light. Um, I don't think we've seen it probably in the last year. And I, I think what I'm, I'm driving at is most of the time at the very beginning of the end, there's lots of clatter and there's lots of noise and there's a loss of power and you're throttled, you're giving it gas and it's not going anywhere. Most people will shut down at that point. Mm-hmm. But it's the person that is two miles from home and pushes it to where the, it just smokes the motor. I think we see more of the check engine light come on and people come in for the check engine light and we find that they're way overdue on their oil change and it's throwing check engine light codes because it's so low on oil. Okay. It's really big on the new uh, uh, variable valve timing yeah. cars okay. because those are run on oil. So when you run it low, then they start running like crap and then you throw check engine lights. And that's hard because you're telling somebody, I'm going to change your oil and filter and fix it, it the running rough. And that's a hard transition for people mm-hmm. to, to, to understand. So when you say to them, all I need to do is an oil change and you're, I'm going to fix your problem, um, they better trust you. And, mm-hmm. and it's true that we do that, and we probably do it as much as anybody else. Mm-hmm. 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. Are you ready to ride the red wave? Remember this? On Joe Biden's first day in office, he killed thousands of American jobs. And this? One year ago today, the Taliban swept into Kabul and seized total control of Afghanistan after President Biden made the decision to withdraw American troops. And this? Hey, America, guess what we did? We hired 87,000 IRS auditors to take more of your money so we could spend it on climate change. Good for us. Vote for Democrat. The final countdown to the red wave is on and you're invited. Mike Gallagher, Charlie Kirk, and Brandon Tatum sharing their thoughts on how we build the red wave we deserve in the midterm elections. 960 The Patriot and Wired Differently present the Battleground Talkers Tour Election Rally, Sunday afternoon, October 23rd at the Hilton Embassy Suites in Scottsdale. VIP and premium tickets are on sale right now at 960thepatriot.com. Brought to you in part by Minus Gold and John Creators Network.
It takes two of us to deliver a very important message about this radio station, 960 The Patriot. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt. And this is Dennis Prager. You've heard me talk about the American Trinity, E Pluribus Unum, and God We Trust in Liberty, the three things that set the United States apart. It's a powerful idea, Dennis, and this radio station is a place where powerful ideas and principles thrive every day. We never forget that faith and freedom are part of what make our country exceptional. There are some people in high places who apologize for America. That's something this radio station will never do. When you listen to 960 The Patriot, we promise not to insult your intelligence and to speak the truth. And we'll prefer clarity over agreement. Right. This is what our radio station is all about. And as long as you're there to listen to us, we'll be here for you. Please tell your friends about it. Absolutely tell our sponsors that you appreciate their support for this radio station. Intelligent Talk 960, The Patriot. When I got out of the Marine Corps, I was not just, you know, working with my physical disabilities. I was emotionally broken. I remember thinking, how did I get here? How? It was affecting me in my marriage. My husband, he didn't know how to help me. He actually called Wounded Warrior Project. Wounded Warrior Project had this thing called Couples Odyssey. It was an eye-opener, and it I think it really saved our marriage. They gave us books and resources and tools on how to help us with that. I just love him. I love you, honey. I love you, too. Watching her fight for her mental health, fighting for other veterans, fighting for this family, uh, helped me to fight, too. Well, I always loved her, but I love her 10 times more for that. Not all wounds are visible. If you or a loved one are suffering, visit woundedwarriorproject.org slash not alone. I don't want to go blind from diabetes. I don't want to lose a foot or a leg. I don't want to have kidney failure, so I'm taking control. I'm controlling my diabetes. It's making a huge difference. I'm eating healthy and staying physically active. I'm taking my medicine. If I can do it, anyone can. Control your diabetes for life. Call 1-800-438-5383. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog. Cat. Giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. All about that demon automobile. Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. Mark Salem, Andy, my daughter, runs the uh, shop and at, at, runs the money, keeps it away from my son, Alan, who sits <laughs> next to me, and he runs the shop. And between all of us, we have well over 100 years of experience in the car repair business, and so you're welcome to call us. And we're going we're gonna to go straight to the phones and get clean up some of the messes that I make. But, Dan, you've been waiting a while. I'm sorry about that. How can I help you? Okie dokie. Hi. You guys were talking about the car lights? Yes. Neon or whatever the heck they are? One, is it legal to run the, turn the lights on while the car is running, driving? It depends. Um, off-road lights, no. 
but but we install uh, a whole heck of a lot of uh, SAE and DOT approved lights as well. Um, I push people towards the DOT and SAE lights because if you're going to spend five hundred or a thousand bucks on on lights, um, you, I, I want you know I'd rather you use them all the time, uh, be able to use them all the time. But um, I, I think I know where you're going with this, and um, uh, you know there's there's off road and then there's on road. Well, and, and and are you are you thinking the lights the lights the lights that the we do lots of off-road lights, but the lights that we do that people are going to use at nighttime are lights that are going to supplement the front headlights. You're not allowed to have more than four white lights to the front, so you can't put high beams, high beams, and then six lights across the front because that's not you're not you're going to get in trouble for that. We don't put any white on the side of a car unless they're going to use them off-road, and we use we 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 do backup lights and they're white but again it's going to be only when the car is in reverse mm-hmm. so it's not like we're going to drive down the street in a christmas tree but we're pretty careful about and then also there's a height requirement we can't put we put a light bar up on top of the cab of the truck so we have like 180 degrees of white light that goes a mile well that's for off-road a- a- activity he he should not be driving down the street you know on i-17 with the, the, yeah, that light bar on highly yeah. illegal yeah. yeah and that that, that that's going to get somebody in a whole lot of trouble but not the people that installed it it's the people who were messing with the switch and turned it on most of the switches that we have have a, a light that tells you the switch is on yeah yeah, yeah. and so yeah. you flip it on and it's got red you flip it off and the light goes dead so that's how it did that answer your questions are you there um dan we're having a tough time hearing you um how about now oh yep, that, there you go there you go there you go okay Kids got a 2016 Mustang. He wants colored lights on the headlights and colored colored lights along the side and bottom. Is no. that street legal? No, highly okay. illegal. I mean, here's why: the lights in the front of the car have to be between the color of orange and white, and the lights in the back of the car have to be between the colors of red and red. <laughs> and now, that's it. I well, red and orange. Red and orange. I know what he wants. We were also told on that Mustang that they have to remove the headlight and lens to put those inside. Yes, you that's do. A no, that's a no-no. Yes, you do, and yes, it is. That's a very that's a very expensive thing. They never seal up right, no matter what anyone tells them. They don't seal back up right. Um, I know what you're talking about. They're called halos. You add them to them. Uh, a lot of people do it, but they are the, any color other than white or or uh, amber to the front is is highly illegal and a really good way to get pulled over. It. It's there's probably some middle ground that, that you can touch with your son, but but anything like we said outside the color of the front just gives the police department an opportunity to stop your son. Mm-hmm. And of course, if he smells so a new bit, it's a bad thing. These kids just want to spend money to park the car and turn the lights on. Well, yes, <laughs> and no, they're not alone. I have plenty of customers that do the same thing, and that, he does that. That is, yeah, that is an option. That is absolutely an option. What, you can you can put them on. You just can't run them on the road. So yeah, if he wants to sit in the parking lot and and check them out and show his friends all the green lights, yeah, that's yeah, that that's that's okay. And if that's happening, we're raising our hands on that one. <laughs> but I'm teasing you. For that you. price, I could buy a couple tanks of gas. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it's really something. I think. It would be that the switch that turns those on is going to be very obvious to the driver at that time. So he's driving down the road, and that if that switch accidentally goes on, then he knows that those headlights are illegal. He has to shut them off. There's there's lots of ways that we can accommodate his wishes where when he wants to sit with his buddies in the parking lot of a shopping center at night and, and, and have their halos running, then we can do that. Okay? Thanks. Yep, you bet. Thanks, guys. You bet. Right. Renee, you're up next. How can I help you? 
Well, I've got a quick question. Can you hear okay. me? I've been I've been listening to your program this morning. I am the uh, taking care of our car now, and I thought your oil change information was very interesting. Can you switch from one kind to the other each time you go in to have, like if we're going to drive a minimum amount, but then next year we're going to travel, we would change to the other? It, does it start from scratch every time you bring it in when you the have answer, your oil changed? The answer is your engine doesn't care and doesn't know whether we put an oil that's $20 a quart or an oil that's a dollar a quart. The engine doesn't okay. know that. The oil change interval is going to be moved with the quality of the oil. So to answer your question, yes. You, okay, if so you it dis- starts from, yeah, it empties yeah. and starts from scratch when you do the change. Yeah, 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 that's no okay. problem at all. All right. I, I'm, it, I'm, I'm, I'm learning. So that's all. That's it, and you've okay. answered it, and I appreciate your show very much. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead. Okay. Um, ho- hold on on that because there's been numerous times in the last six months where we have had Chrysler vehicles with the wrong weight of oil in it that we've that, that have had engine noises, check engine lights, and there is an an actual light on the dash for Chrysler vehicles that say wrong weight or wrong grade of oil. Okay, but I, she's not talking about the weight. She's talking about a, a conventional, a semi-synthetic, and a synthetic. I'm assuming that if it calls for a 1540 or if it calls for a 1030 or if it calls for a 0530, then I'm assuming that everybody's going to use the right weight. Yeah, yeah, and if you get to a zero twenty, you're not going to find a zero twenty conventional, or okay. you're not going to find even a zero twenty uh, semi synthetic. So, um, yeah, yeah, just there are there. Are, follow what's on the on the cap of the vehicle. Okay, okay. So, and so what we're talking about, we're talking about a variety of things. We're talking about brands. We're talking about viscosity, and we're, and then we're also talking about oil quality. So we have those three variables that are moving around. But if she just does the oil weight that's on the cap of the oil on the engine, she should be fine whether she uses a conventional, a semi-synthetic, or a synthetic. She should. Yes, but if like like I said, if it's a zero twenty, she's not going to find anything but a synthetic. Okay. So right. then she then her, she won't have a choice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, good luck. Thank you, Renee. That's great. And we're going to take a break. And when we come back, Art, you're going to be our first caller. And anybody else, the lines are open. We have four of them. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Odyssey.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. I wanted to know why some people who get COVID-19 get it so bad. I found out it may be because they have a high risk factor, such as heart disease, diabetes, being overweight, smoking, and asthma. Even if symptoms feel mild... These factors can increase your risk of COVID-19 turning severe. So if you're at high risk and test positive, there are things you can do, like asking your health care provider if an authorized oral treatment is right for you. Learn about an option at TreatCOVID19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. After I got out of the Marine Corps, coming back home, it was just a mental breakdown for me. I was on the verge of giving up. That chapter, that season in my life was over. Now what? Who was I? That's what I kept asking myself. The pressure to have it all together, to heal, to quiet down the monsters inside, it was too much. I lost it. I had heard about the Wounded Warrior Project. I had seen the logo and that visual of a warrior carrying another warrior. The programs that the Wounded Warrior Project offers, it's not just the veteran themselves. It's its their whole family. It brings it all together. We have scars that we carry. And just because the scars are there doesn't mean that we're any less than what we were. Right now, I'm the best version that I ever have been of myself. I can embrace the brokenness. You wouldn't go into battle alone. You don't have to fight this alone. 
Visit woundedwarriorproject.org slash not alone. I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer. I'm a barber. A waitress. A mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty, something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right. These are the moments to take a pause. Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia. Or being afraid. It's about standing up and protecting our communities. One detail at a time. Because a lot of little details can become a pattern. We. 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 We trust our instincts. Just like you should. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Get to do that, and I'll turn the speakers off, so that'll go away. 602-508-0960. Let me tell you real quick about Automatic Transmission Exchange, and then we've got some callers, and we're going to take the callers. Art, you're first, and I won't forget. Automatic Transmission Exchange has been around Phil since 1968. He started with transmissions that had two speeds and three speeds, and now we're up to eight and ten speeds. Phil's gone through all that, and he laughs, and he says it's just a matter of shifting the transmission through more gears, but we're still using hydraulics. We're still using manual activation valves. We're still using transmission fuel fluid pressure. He said, so it's really the same. It's just different how we do it. And the newer transmissions are computer operated where before your foot really had everything to do with what gear you're in. So if you have a transmission issue, Phil will take assign someone to take your take a ride as long as you can duplicate it. So work until you can make sure you duplicate a problem and then stop by automatic transmission exchange, probably call them first and have them look at it. Art, thank you for holding. How can I help you? Thank you, Mark. Thanks for taking the call. Okay, let me give profile the car real quick so you, you have context. 2006 Chrysler Pacifica, front-wheel drive, 3.5-liter, four-speed automatic with auto stick, and uh, about 140,000 miles. We've owned the car over 15 years. Okay. Um, here's, the, here's the issue. Driving down the road from a dead stop, somewhere between... 30 and 40 miles an hour, the car will all of a sudden make a very slight pull to the right, which then can only be offset by holding the steering wheel about 10 degrees left of noon. And then it holds steady. And it won't kind of right itself until you come back to a complete stop. And the other observation I've been able to make is I had access to a rack, so I put the car up on a rack. Um, The wheels don't have bearing play. Um, I reached underneath, and while there's a little bit of suspension noise, uh, nothing was obviously loose, no missing bushings. Um, Things seem fairly tight underneath. There is weeping out of the uh, transaxle pan, but it's down probably less than a half a pint. Um, and the other thing I observed, and I don't know if this is common with front wheel drive cars of that era while on the rack in park with the key out in lock, I can actually rotate the front wheels. But if I have the car on the ground, 
Oh, that is normal, yeah, because oh, I yeah. can't push the car if it's on the ground. Well, but if it's yeah. up in the air, I was able to rotate the tire. So that's yeah. all I know. Yeah, well, with the car's on the ground, you're not the car's not going to move because one tire wants to go forward and one tire wants to go backwards, and the car's not going to go anywhere. I can't fix your car. Um, you have given me symptoms I've never heard before. Don't misunderstand. What part of town do you live in? Uh, Sun City West. Okay. I'd either take it to Harker's or uh, Auto Dynamics. I, I would make an appointment and ask them if you can take one of their, ma their main technicians for a quick drive. Promise them you're not going to have them for longer than X amount of minutes. Tell them you'll pay for it. We can't fix your car. We're all sitting here dumbfounded because you're giving us symptoms that we, we've really put together. We've never heard before, but I can tell you, Harker's has got guys, 38th Avenue and Indian School, Auto Dynamics has got guys, they're senior guys. They, they're going to want to sit in the passenger seat and have you show them what to do and have you demonstrate the problem. But what it sounds like to me is, is something's going on that's causing the right front tire to take a dominant position and kick outwards. It could be the rack and pinion boots or, or rack and pinion mounts are bad. It can be a suspension shift. It can be a tie rod end that's bad. Um, there's so many things it can be, but driving it is the very first thing that needs to happen. And you need a gray-haired guy that's a master tech that you show him and then he wants to drive. That's the best I can offer you. But you've given me symptoms. That I've been in radio since 1988, and it's I've a never different problem for it's, sure. It's yeah. it, and it could be steering, it could be suspension, but it's it not going to be brakes. engine. Be. You're exactly right because I mean it could be. But, but <clears throat> the weird part is, is it starts at 30 or 40. Mm -hmm. Right, know, a pull is either always there or it's not there. Right, you know it doesn't just come on at 30. I don't. That that's the part for me that uh, maybe you maybe you notice it less uh, before, prior to 30, but Poles are typically always there. All the and steering wheels hit the steering wheels at noon, like you straighten the wheel. The steering wheels at noon, you can let go of it. It'll go straight down a straight road. And then if you let your hands off the wheel, somewhere between thirty and forty, which by the way is not related to a gear shift. I thought for sure it was pulling when it went into third gear. Okay. So I used auto stick and I held it in second gear. And when I hit somewhere between thirty two and thirty eight, it just jogged over to the right and that was it. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, yeah. we'll have all the answers once we figure out what's going on. Yeah. But suspension shift, um, it's uh, some kind of steering component. Steering and suspension is where I'm going to hang my a tire. hat. Yeah. Cross the two fronts. And that's exactly good. Thank you for that. And, and that's one of the things that you would try. But what on a tire would cause that to come and go like that? Well, again, it's, it, it may just not be as noticeable until 30 you could easily see that with a tire okay. where where all of a sudden at 30 for whatever reason i have no idea that at 30 it begins to pull or well, well that but, but i like the idea that we swap the front tires because that helps eliminate some stuff right, as well right. we eliminate mm -hmm. two wheels and two tires or we rotate the backs to the front and it goes away uh, we're done yeah. at yeah. that point i mean yeah. if he does that he just needs to obviously do it in steps so that way you know, Keep don't track of them. Yeah, don't rotate front to the back or, you know, do it one at a time. Art, I, I'd like it very much if if um, if my email address is mark at marksalem.com. If you figure this out or have somebody figure it out, I'd, I'd really love to if you'd send me an email and tell me what fixed the car because you gave me a question I've never heard before. And I, I, I trust that you're telling me the truth. I know you are. It's just that I have no idea. i got to run, though. Ken, you're up next. Ken, how can I help you? Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Yes, sir. Very good. Okay, I have a 2005 Accurate TL. 
with 167,000 miles on it. Uh, it's actually my wife's car, so I had to back into trying to help her with the problem. Uh, we have a, we're in park, or we're at a stop sign, or a stop light. The car's got a very bad vibration. Uh, vibration meaning steering wheel, the whole cabin, the whole car ostensibly shakes. Not like rattles you, but you can tell it's not right. When I put the, uh, when I put the shifter in neutral, the vibration totally goes away. When I'm in neutral and I gently rev the engine, there's no vibration. Uh, we took okay. it to a garage. We already got yeah, it fixed. We, mount, right? we, we got it fixed. It, it needs a mount. No, hold you... on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So before, <laughs> what got us to this point was that uh, my wife claimed I didn't drive it, that it was lurching. Unfortunately, we took it to a garage, and they replaced all the motor mounts. Come to find out that that made no difference, and now they thought maybe. So I went back and told them, hey, guys. Uh, when it's in drive, when the stoplight, uh, red light in, in drive, it vibrates. So I put it in neutral, it goes away. To me, to somebody that knows what they're talking about, what does that tell us? Well, it tells us you're in big trouble. That's what it tells us. That we, we can't fix this problem. Um, your, your symptoms... 99% of the people that come in with bad motor mounts, and, and it doesn't mean all of them. It, at at 160000 I would have tried to talk you into all three of them myself. But it's called the load mount. It's the mount that the motor rolls over on that mount when you accelerate and go forward and drive. That's the load mount. You talk about a vibration that comes and goes, and it depends on what gear you're in, and it depends on how hard you're on the throttle. It's a damn motor mount. That's all there is to it. Now, in order to figure out what's going on, you've got to fix the new problem you got, and it could be related to the installation. It could be related to a wrong part. It could be related to an alignment that was done wrong. There are so many different things that can be going on, but what you're in is you're in big trouble. So let me, let me explain. I'd like you to go back to them, get a hold of the manager, take him for a ride, and show him exactly what they gave you. Show them exactly what they gave you. Make sure in a nice way you say to him, don't spend any of my money unless you call me. And let them have a chance. If they, if they can't do it or won't do it, then take it to another shop and do the same thing. And pay for the repair. Look them in the eye and say, you need to make sure that this is going to take care of this. After you pay for the repair, you ask for all your old parts back. Then you go back up to the first shop and say, here's the deal. If he says go fly a kite, then just turn it over to your to your credit card company and see what they'll do. That's how you handle Got it. it. Now, the fact that I put it in neutral and the vibration totally goes away, is that indicative of your prognosis? Yes. Yes, the amount. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, here's the deal. Go from reverse to neutral to drive to neutral to reverse, and the only time oh. you're going to have this noise or vibration is in drive. How uh, real quick, uh, how um, how many mounts did they do? I mean, is it is it possible we've seen we've seen people miss mounts because that's a transverse transverse engine. So you actually have engine and trans mounts. So any of those now you're going to have obviously more susceptible, but any of those can do it if they missed a mount. And I, I know that sounds silly at a shop, but trust me, we've seen it. We've done it. Yeah, yeah we've I done mean, it. No, no well, question. I know too. Some are particular on the mounts that like aftermarket versus yeah. OEM yeah. and stuff like that. So we've run into those issues too, depending on what they use. Do you know how many they did just off your head? Three, two, one, yeah. four? Yeah, I know exactly what they did. Uh, Cause I helped my wife. How many did bill. they do? How Six. many? Six. 
They said they did all of them, transmission and motor mount. The answer was six. Okay. Six. I've never, I've never even heard. Of I've six. never seen six in my I've, life. I've never seen six either. Four is the most I've seen. Yeah. 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 Two in the engine. Two in the tranny. I can't oh. explain how the shop says they've done six. I can't explain that. But like I said, from the very beginning of this story, you are in trouble. You are in trouble, and you're going to have... First of all, you should focus on getting the car fixed. And once you get the car fixed, then you'll have the answers about who's responsible or who didn't do their job or who did whatever. But but And the information you're giving us is just way out in the in Never Never Land. I would, I would go back to the shop that originally did the mounts first and just ride with them, ask them to get involved and see if they can fix it, um, if they can pinpoint what mount it is and, and maybe replace it or something like and that. And maybe, they, maybe they're a specialty shop where this isn't their specialty and you say to them, well, do you have a shop in the neighborhood that you, oh yeah, Joe down the street, he's great. You go talk to Joe and I'll call him and say, hey, take a ride with this customer and see if you can help us out. That's kind of what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. But don't involve a whole bunch of other people because you're going to lose that battle. You're going to get shops pointing at one another, yelling at one another, and stuff like that. You'll lose that battle. Anyway, got to run. Chuck, you're up next. Chuck, how can I help you? Hey, Mark. I've got a uh, utility trailer, 6x12, 5,000-pound capacity. And uh, I've been putting trailer tires on it. Seems like I get about five or six years out of them, and the rubber starts blowing off the tire. I'm wondering, should I put a passenger tire on it instead? Because yes. I've never had a problem with passenger tires. Absolutely. Okay, a couple things. If you're getting five or six years out of trailer tires, you are way ahead of the game. Yeah, <laughs> you're lucky. Uh, yes, yes. Five or six on a trailer tire. Yeah, but I only tires. put about 1,000 miles a year it, on it. It, so. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Sitting's actually the worst thing for it. It rots by itself. Yeah. yeah. It, it'll rot in sitting in your driveway. Um, but but the answer to your question is, now, one thing you need to be careful of, even, even if they're the same size between passenger and trailer, they're going to have different load indexes and different load ratings. So a passenger tire may, may have 1,800 pounds and a trailer tire has 2,000 pounds. So you need to be careful of that. Um, let me, just let me, because they're the same size doesn't mean they hold the same amount of weight. Okay. You said it's a 5,000-pound right. trailer. How many tires has it got on it? Four? Just two. Two? So each tire has to hold 2,500 pounds. Go to discount tire. Say it's a discount tire. I want a tire that has a 2,500-pound weight load on it, and I want two passenger car tires. They start with a P, and I want them on that trailer. That's what you do. Because we have to have 5,000 pounds of tires underneath the trailer that's going to hold 5,000 pounds. That's what it's all about. Now, I will tell you this, too. You're, there is times we run into it where this is not possible. There, there, you know, there isn't a... There isn't a um, there isn't a passenger tire that will hold that much. I can't think of a passenger tire off the top of my head in a 15 or a 16 that holds 2,500 pounds. That's a lot of weight. You know, you get 14, 16, 1,800 pounds. So it, if they tell you it's not possible, do your own research. But I have run into it before where, where, it, where we just, it's just not possible. And if that's the case, he can go to a light truck tire, LT. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, and even, even at that point, too. Uh, again, it's probably 20%, but there is some that you just can't uh, do Okay. Anyway, Chuck, that's the best we can do for you. But again, if you if you figure this out, we'd like to know the answer. And uh, and 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 if you found a twenty five hundred pound passenger car tire, and 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 if you can find, and if you can't, then Alan's right. We're gonna have to move you up to an, a, a light truck tire. It's called an LT tire. 
and, uh, and but that's okay. It's going to give you better service, but you need to have as much tire underneath the trailer is going to hold. And we see them all the time where we've got people with passenger with two axle trailers, and they got two thousand pounds of tires underneath the trailer with a four thousand pound load. It can't happen. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine sixty. We'll be back with another hour of fun and frivolity right here on KKNT nine sixty. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.